You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. On today's show, we're going to have Dan Rubin, who's going to come in and talk about BC baseball. And he's going to give us some insight on the electric start for the BC baseball team that has started the season 8-2. and two. You're going to want to check that out. But before we do, I want to give thanks to all our new followers who have checked out BC Bulletin and our podcast, Locked on BC. I, earlier today, thought it would be funny to just, you know, we had 399 followers on Twitter I tweeted out, hey, if you follow me and you're number 400, I will give you a shout out out on the podcast. Well, I did that and ended up with 27 new followers. So I want to thank you all. And I'm going to give you each a quick uh, quick shout out here just to thank you all. So here's all the people who followed me after I shouted you out. Ricardo Del Del Campillo, James McDonough, Andrew Abbott, Tim Cavanaugh, Jamie O, Andrew, Bill Gilbert, Charlie Galland, Sam Lewick, Patrick Sullivan, Mike, Mike, Rich Miranda, Bobby Heffron, Clayton Truder, Jeremy Kucher, Jeff Sawa, Greg Payton, Tyrion Lannister, I'm sure that's not your real name, Timothy Queeley, Alex Coletta, Mike Rooney, Lawrence41 with a whole bunch of numbers, Zcat, Corey McIsaac, Jay Hannibal Felder, and Jeff Toussaint. Thank you all so much for following our podcast. And if you follow me along, I'll continue to try to shout out as many people. And I can tell you right now, if you give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I'll give you a shout out there as well. Now, our podcast today will have a humongous uh, interview with Dan Rubin. It's like 28 minutes long. So I'm going to just do this first section really kind of quickly. It's our usual news section. Of course, with the coaching search, there hasn't really been any updates. The big news today is that BC Baseball is number 13 in the country. Now, they jumped five spots from number 18 with their two wins over Auburn, including that electric 11-9 win on Sunday. You're going to want to check that out. If you go to the BC Bulletin, you can see uh, some recaps of that game. Now, this is a big point in the season for Boston College. At number 13, they have all the opportunity to become a top team in the country if they can take care of business this week. All that needs to happen is they need to beat Maine today. They play at 3 o'clock. That game will be on the ACC network. They also need to win probably two out of three against Louisville. Louisville is the gold standard in, in college baseball. They slipped in the last weekend. They lost two or three against Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech is a good team as well. Uh, but if BC can win two or three of those games, they're going to be in great shape to be a top 10 team and really solidify their opportunity going into the postseason. So you're going to want to check that out. The other news from today, hockey will be off uh, for that first game because they get a bye. And then they will play the winner of, uh, they'll play the lowest seed, excuse me, of UNH, Maine, or Vermont. So they get those northern New England teams. They'll get to see who uh, the lowest seeded team because Boston College is the top seed. 
they get that low seed. So we'll get to see who that will be soon. Women's hockey is going to the Frozen Four or the, the NCAA tournament where they will play number two seed Ohio State. That'll be a fun game to watch. And that's basically it for news. No really big football news that we've known about. The coaching search is pretty much kind of at a standstill. We'll find out more about that later. And I know some people have been wondering, Jason Baum had tweeted out a um, like a, a like a really fun, like uh, I think it was The Office uh, gif of like Pete, them like getting excited. That had nothing to do with any sort of coaching search or any recruiting news, so don't really read into that. I, I talked to him. It's, it's something else completely different. It was more for his staff, so don't, don't read at that. But before we get into our conversation with Dan Rubin, I want to tell you about our friends at rockauto.com. Are you in the process of doing some work on your car? Are you doing some repairs or anything to, to fix up your car? Are you a do-it-yourselfer or do you have a new car or classic car? Then head on over to rockauto.com. They are a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. All you need to do is head over to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake pads to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate. Quickly, you'll see everything available for your car and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Now head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car and truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com There are some great podcasts on the Locked On Network and one of the best is Locked On Bets. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. I am with Dan Rubin. We've had Dan on multiple times, and he's a friend of the podcast. He is one of my former co-hosts. We used to run a podcast together, and now he works for bceagles.com. And he is here today to talk about BC baseball. It's the talk of the town. It's the talk of BC sports, a team that is almost a top 10 team at this point. Dan, how are you doing? Oh, I'm floating. I'm floating. I'm not going to lie, though. I shut the game off on Sunday in the uh, in the fifth inning and went and assembled some stuff around the house and, and did some cleaning. Didn't pay attention. Returned to the eighth and figured I'd see how the uh, I'd see the game end and, and just watch them lose the series down in Auburn. Say, hey, we picked up one game. It's great. Everything's awesome. And then uh, and then nope, I wound up floating and texting and tweeting and calling just about everybody in my entire contact list. So. I am still floating 24 hours later. So yesterday, uh, anyone who listened to Monday's show knows that I I sat down to record on Sunday afternoon at about 5.15. And when I sat down, I was like, you know what? BC is down nine to one. I'm just going to record because I don't, I have other things I have to do. And then I'm watching and I'm getting text messages. I'm like, what is going on? And so on segment one, you could hear me talk about them being down. Segment two, I'm like, okay, so BC just tied the game. Segment three, 
talks about how BC came back and won that game. Dan, what was so impressive about that, that, that uh, rally for BC? Because, I mean, they had four batters up that were down to their last strike. One of them was a true freshman, and they still were able to pull it off against a really good Auburn team. Yeah, I mean, you're talking you're talking about a blue blood type program down there, and and I mean, I mean, you're down eight runs with two outs in the ninth, and you're down to your last strike. You're not supposed to come back. I mean, they got those first couple runs uh, across the board, and you push a couple runs across. You're like, yeah, you you made a good run of it. You lose the game nine three nine four, and you walk out with your head held high, and, and maybe have proven something. Um, I think when it gets to nine six, there's the the clenching of anxiety on the on the on the defensive side where you know the pitchers gripping the ball a little bit and and that's why I think uh, Auburn made that pitch and change and and brought in Seb Thomas but you know he comes out and and gets it, it just gives up that ball to to Sal Frelick that was absolutely crushed to right field and and when that happens that's not supposed to happen I mean you pick up three four runs in the in the inning and, and you're like I said you walk out feeling great you're not supposed to score eight you're not supposed to score eight in any inning let alone with two outs let alone when you're down to your last strike let alone against a top, another top 25 team and let alone against a team that quite honestly, a lot of college baseball probably looked at that series and, and saw, I know UConn's playing um, was playing coastal Carolina on my, uh, this week. And, and you look at like BC going down to Auburn and, and even though BC was ranked 18th, according to one of the polls or ranked 22nd, depending on your poll, that's still not supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, they, they look great against Duke. They take two or three, maybe take one from Auburn and you're feeling good, but they're not supposed to take two or three of the college baseball world. They're not supposed to do it certainly that way in the third game. Especially against Kenny Powers of Auburn. I, I couldn't, <laughs> I could not believe that. I mean, uh, the combination of that closer, he looked just like a combination of Kenny Powers and Rod Beck. Beck yeah. Uh, and, and if you're, and he's a good pitcher. He threw on Friday against BC in the loss and he threw through, I think he struck out four, um, he struggled against Oklahoma last weekend or, or the weekend before the BC series. And, and he just, I mean, he's got good stuff. He just, for whatever reason that, you know, he came out and, and just didn't get the job done. I mean, that, that's a guy that, I mean, he was custom made to be the closer for that team. And he's a lot better than that outing would have, would, would have you think. So obviously when, when you fall behind like that, the talk is going to be about the hitting. So we got to talk about some of these batters. The first one was the ACC player of the week, Sal Freelich, who hit, he had an OPS of, I think it was like 2.044. He had a, a, a bunch of home runs, including that big one. And, you know, Dan, we've talked about Freelich being a MLB level prospect and being that kind of hitter. And this weekend, I think opened a lot of eyes and probably solidified him as a solid first round draft pick. I mean, you can't really say that about just one series, but the way he played, it was like, Whoa, this kid is legit. What did you see about free? Like, what have you seen about him so far that it's like, yeah, this kid's going to be a legit, you know, major league baseball star. Well, you go back to that three run Homer in the ninth and, and just the way that he, he swung. So if you're a left-handed hitter, you've got to make sure that your bat swing and you're playing, cause you've got a natural, when you come through the plane, uh, you've kind of got that downward swing, and then you've got to you've got to finish up. And and when you're swinging with an aluminum bat, you kind of have a little bit more forgiveness on it. But the way he shifts his weight in the box from the back foot to the front, powers through, gets the hips swinging. It's real fluid. And for a guy who's not particularly big uh, in terms of size uh, compared to a, a stereotypical power hitter, he he's got a ton of power that explodes into the ball when he when he when he gets the hips moving through the through the swing. 
So it, it, his vision, everything about the way he swings the bat is, is phenomenal. And when you look at what he's done this year, he went three for five in the win over that last win over Auburn. First game, he went two for four, scored a couple of runs, a couple of RBI. He has had a hit in every game this season. And I'm kind of leaving the second game against Auburn when he went 0 for 1. He still scored a run in that. He drew two walks because that game was a blowout. And, and again, he drew two walks and still scored a run. So I guess I can't. That was the only game that he did not have a hit this season. But he's the type of guy, he got three hits against URI. He absolutely crushed the ball against Duke. He's hitting 476. He's got four home runs on the year, starting over basically the last week. And, you know, just again, the way he, his approach, his vision, his his mechanics is the way he shifts. I mean, if I'm a if I'm a high school baseball coach, I'm looking at that that at bat from the side where you can see the crest across his jersey, and I'm showing high school kids this is how if you're left-handed you swing the bat. There's just everything about it. It was it was gorgeous, and I loved at the end of it the emotion when he when he held the bat up and yep. and, and waved the the dugout. I mean, that's controlled emotion in the box that explodes onto the ball. And that's exactly what you want from a guy who's who's arguably a number one pick for for a team and is a top twenty prospect going into into the draft this year. Yeah, he's he's doing nothing but helping his stock at this point. I mean, he's if you're listening to this podcast and haven't watched BC baseball, Sal Freelick is is a reason in itself to watch because you're going to see a player that will be playing in the major league baseball system probably sooner rather than later, and. One, he's got to be one of the most talented BC players we've seen in a long time. So you have Freelick. You also have, you know, we talked earlier this season, all the, all the chatter was about Cody Morissette, Sal Freelick, and Mason Pelio. But a new name has kind of emerged, and that's Luke Gold, who has also been an, an incredible power hitter. I mean, he hit that home run in the 10th inning. Uh, that it was a pitch, I th- if I remember correctly, that was really low. He golfed that one right out of the park. Uh, but he's up there with Freelick in terms of the amount of home runs he's hit. Uh, he's a second baseman. He's done a really good job. What have you seen out of Luke Gold, Dan, that really has, has shown that he's a name that you need to watch as well? Well, for the second week in a row, I wrote a feature on a guy that then had a monster weekend. So I'm starting to think I got, like, minus hands or something with the way things are going. I'm starting to – I was like – I, I actually sent a message to uh, to Bradley Smart, who uh, who covers the who also covers the team with his bird ball uh, smart stack, and I said to him, I just sent him a message, and I was like, "Funny how that worked out, wasn't it?" And he just said, "Hey, sometimes you get lucky." Uh, so, I mean, it, it's worked out really well for for BC with Luke Gold. Uh, you know, his story. His, his dad was a Division two college pitcher, uh, I believe a pitcher, but a Division two college player who, who worked with him on hitting. He's another guy. He was he was a state champion in high school, and, and when you come out of his high school, Boston Spa, up in the capital region of New York, two-time All-State guy. Uh, the Scotties had never won the Class A championship until his senior year, and, and he had three home runs in the state semifinals. Translates that to BC, where he, he, he started all 15 games last year. He had 246, which – Again, when you're a freshman, you're getting adjusted to the speed of the game and, and you're, you're facing 90 to 95 miles an hour for the first time. You have to adjust to that. But it, he, the power is definitely there. And, and some of the ways that he plays the game and, and his approach, again, to the, to the, to the plate, to, to the field, to everything about it, is just kind of what makes him really special. When you look at his stats this year and you look at his numbers, they kind of reflect exactly why he has been um, – so effective and, and a 360 hitter, 366, I think his number is at now. 
he had two hits the first game against Auburn, two hits the second game against Auburn, um, or the third game against Auburn, three home runs on the weekend. And he's a guy that, again, doesn't have that, that power, but it all comes from the way that BC has worked with him to harness it. Um, not a huge guy, but, you know, Coach Murphy has, has worked with them on hitting, has worked with them on how to harness a lot of the emotion and a lot of the power that you can get just by exploding through the ball this time from the other side. And he had to lift that ball for the, for the two-run homer in the tent. He had to lift it. He had to go down and golf it essentially up on a fastball that was low and in. And he had to pick it up and hit it over a 37-foot wall in left field that's a replica of the green monster at Auburn. So just to give you an idea, of that, that's, that's not raw power. That's being able to know how to go down and get it. Now, Dan, I, I, I went back and I listened to our last time we talked about BC baseball, probably a couple weeks ago. You mentioned that this year was going to be a lot of super teams, the teams that had players come back that weren't drafted because the MLB draft was so uh, truncated. They didn't get a lot of the players. They returned back to their teams. Now, this year should go back to more of a uh, – traditional system for the major league baseball draft is gold a kid that could end up getting drafted is it someone you would expect to be drafted not this year he's not eligible this year so the way that the the way that the major league baseball draft works is you have guys who are coming out of high school they're draft eligible so but if you are not picked out of high school you have to spend three years post high school work in order to be draft eligible so luke gold is while this year or last year was a free year of eligibility for everybody in college baseball, it it counts still as one year out of high school. So even though he is a sophomore, this is his second year. This is technically his first full year in college. He will be draft eligible next year. Um, From what I have read and from what I, from what I understand, he's a guy that, and this is a true Testament to a team. uh, When you talk about a major league baseball draft is to get your juniors selected um, he is for sure a guy that is that is going to be at least under consideration um, at that level and, and be able to project some of the the draft prospects that will be coming up. Um, I'm interested to see for him if he actually gets to play summer ball this year. There was no summer ball last year, and, and I'd like to see just to see how he would do it on some of those leagues, maybe a wood bat league, maybe a place like the Cape or, or one of those local leagues where they get some good local talent. We'll get back to more with Dan Rubin, but in a moment... I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but college basketball, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They have the most recent odds and props on everything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag, they have you all covered with the news and odds all up to date it's the best way to place place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that means if you put in a hundred dollars they're going to give you fifty dollars that's a win right there head on over to betonline.ag and use promo code locked on and they will give you that bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook expert yeah i love having you on so much because i i have admitted myself that i am you know, for my, my fandom and, and coming from the BC background, it was always football, basketball, hockey, and then some baseball knowledge. So getting you on the show to talk about the, your knowledge of college baseball is so valuable. Uh, now, you look at this team, and before we get to the pitching, because I want to talk about that as well, 
when you look at this team, are there players that have stuck out other than like the big names that have really impressed you so far and, and have done certain things that maybe you were like, wow, this is going to really help this team win games. Uh, there are, especially, especially at the plate, especially in the field. So um, first week of the season uh, feature story that I wrote was on Dante Baldelli, just about his approach to the field, uh, approach to the game and, and the way that he's hitting, he's up to 270 this year. I know that's a little bit of a regression from where he was at the start of the year because he hit so well against Charleston Southern. Oh, pause but for a second. He's Rocco's brother? Yes, he's baby brother. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Rocco retired like 10 years ago. Yeah, and he was the Major League Baseball, and he was the American League Manager of the Year last year. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and, – and, and when I talk when I talked to Dante, and, and, and this is one of the things that I loved when I talked to him, was like I asked him, I was just straight up, I was like, what's it like with – so his brothers played uh, college baseball as well. So it was kind of – he's like, oh, it's all baseball all the time in that house. Like yep. it is it is baseball all the time. Um, you know, kick stuff off of Rocco. Rocco's talking to him. He's talking to his brothers. You know, yep. that's just – it's one of those stories that you're just like <laughs> – he just and and he's just a baseball guy. Like yeah. it was so much fun, um, just so much fun talking to him about about his approach. And again, working with Coach Murphy um, at the plate. I mean, it makes a it makes a big difference. Coach Murphy is a is a fantastic hitting coach. The the other guy um, that that I talked to opposite Dante, and I just haven't written the story yet because there there have been other stories that kind of preempted it. A local kid played at Austin Prep High School, Peter Burns. He's the catcher. Um, real dirt dog guy, um, salt of the earth player. Uh, you know, he, he, he threw a guy out at second base on, on Sunday and, and it was, uh, and, and he'd have been out by a mile. Like it was, it was one of those fastball outside. I think it was a botched hit and run, uh, but he stepped out to the outside corner of the plate. So he steps to his left and throws it down in one fell swoop. And he's just a supercomputer behind the plate, the way that he, the way that he has to, digest the pitches he doesn't call the pitches they come from the dugout but the way he has to manage some of the pitchers I saw on uh, Friday I think there was a moment where where Mason was laboring on the hill and, and and Peter Burns went out and talked to him used one of his mound visits calmed him down and, and nearly got him out of the inning BC wound up getting out of the inning uh, anyway it was I think in the seventh sixth or seventh inning um, it was the sixth yeah, but that was a uh, that's another guy that just like you look at and, 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 and he's just he's a baseball player like they when they're when they're in the field, they have nine, 10 guys on this team that you just look at and you say this guy's a baseball player, like just an old fashioned ball player. Now, now you, you're talking about these, you know, like Baldelli and Burns. Let's let's flip that around. You talked about Pelio. I was I was chatting with a Louisville guy and that's who Boston College baseball is going to be playing after their midweek game against Maine today. Uh, they're going to be playing against Louisville, who was, you know, preseason number one in the country. They're an all ACC, you know, the, the class of the ACC, they just lost two out of three to Georgia Tech. Um, but he was, he was saying to me, you know, what's going on with BC's pitching? And I said, well, you know, I, I believe going into the series, Auburn had one of the best offenses in the country. I wouldn't read too much into that. How's the pitching kind of performed in your eyes? And is it something to worry about? Or is it kind of just this is who they've run into and they've been able to kind of battle through it. So I think that they've, I think they've just battled through it. I think the, the big, the big thing when you look at the pitching and, and this is what I'm going to come back to is the numbers tend to get skewed this early in the season. So, and I, and I read into Emmett Sheehan on this one. So right. two stars for Emmett Sheehan, he struck out 18 guys, struck out nine against Charleston Southern, struck out nine against Duke, 
didn't kept his walk numbers down. His control factor was there. He throws ridiculously hard, and he's a big dude. So, and, and that was a guy that before the season, Mike Gambino told me like he's a guy to watch. And I kind of looked at it skeptical, raised an eyebrow, but he goes out and and, and dominated Charleston Southern and Duke. He struggled. I mean, he he struggled against Auburn. He, he lost his command that game was a blowout, the 16-1 to one game. That skews his season ERA from 1.5 up to 6.43. So that's, that's going to be a struggle. Um, you know, he's going to have to bring that down. But ultimately, the number, when it goes up, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. The one thing I will say about the pitching staff, and that leads to the third, the third game, the, the Sunday game, is that a lot of people are looking at this team and trying to figure out who the third starter is or who the third pitcher is. And – as much as the old ball guy in me was like, oh, that's – I wasn't ready for that. Tampa Bay in Major League Baseball uses this concept of the opener. And, and I know the opener is a little controversial um, to among baseball people because, you know, you're using essentially a closer in the first inning. That's the third starter for BC right now. They're bringing out Joey Vetrano. Joey Vetrano is going to throw – I think he has three starts – his ERA got bumped up a little bit. His, his, his average has been bumped up a little bit. But three starts, six innings on the season. Every time he's done in those first couple of innings, he's going to hand the ball off to, to Alex Stiegler. Stiegler, four appearances, 11 innings. He's throwing the starter's level of innings. So he's throwing the four or five innings of, of a Sunday starter after a relief pitcher throws the first two. That gets you into the seventh. And the, the rationale behind the opener is that your top starter has to, or your, your top pitcher, more runs are usually scored in the first and second innings than in the middle innings. So you want to use a closer to lock down the first and second innings or a relief pitcher to lock down the first before you hand it to a starter who can then cruise the rest of the way. It is effective when you have guys that can, that can lock it down. So you're looking for the third starter or a guy like Joey Walsh may actually start at some point. I think he has a start to his credit already this year. Um, th that is something that you might look at and be like, well, who's the third starter? There isn't one. It's an opener. And it's, it's, it's something that is not done at the college level. And it's just another reason why this team's so intriguing as, as a group of ball players. Yeah. I was looking into that too. And I, you know, as, as an old school baseball head, I was like very floored by that, but it made a lot of sense. And, and it kind of really changed how I looked at BC, at BC baseball too, watching them perform because I went into this season series going, okay, you've got to win with Pelio. You've got to win with Sheehan because that third start, who knows what's going to happen. But in actuality, I'm starting to learn that third start is actually much more uh, persistent and more, much more consistent, excuse me, than what you might expect. And I thought we saw that um, in some of the, the earlier starts against Duke and Charleston Southern. Dan, now looking forward to forward to the season, like there's so much more to go on. Like, what what do you think should be some reasonable expectations from this program? You're starting the season off eight and two. You've got Maine coming up, which I mean, they're playing well. I know, I know you you don't ever want to discount any of these middle of the week games, but you could be going into Louisville nine and two. How is this team set up to to really kind of start to take out on the meat of this ACC season? Honestly, I think at this point, when you look at this team, um, it is completely reasonable to look at a team like Maine. And even if you're throwing your midweek guys and say, we're deep enough, uh, if you're BC, we are deep enough to, to just handle business in this game, maybe make it a staff start 
rely on some of the guys. Don't lose the game. I mean, that's that's an RPI loss. You don't want to right. lose that game. So just handle business in that game. Get through it. Use win it based on talent as an ACC team, which is a totally reasonable thing to say when you're. But they did against URI. They fell behind exactly, and then just pounded them. Yep, exactly. You go into this weekend though with that win in your back pocket, and all of a sudden this game against Louisville, this this series against Louisville becomes must watch theater for college baseball. At this point, when you're eight and two, nine and two in a shortened season. And you're going down to Louisville, which is a, a holy grail type place. It, it's a cathedral. It's, 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 it's Louisville. I mean, they're a top five team every year. Um, if you go down there and have a measure of success, you are not only at this point, barring a monumental collapse, probably a lock for the national tournament already, or at least be able to start talking about that. But you now have the potential Again, Louisville 7-4, and four, and I know they, they lost 2-3 or three to Georgia Tech, but these are the games where you can really start to separate yourself to the top of your division and maybe start to enter yourself into the conversation. I don't know what the national tournament's going to look like in terms of regionals and travel and, and, and all of that, but you, you're talking about seeding. Those are the series that the one seeds and the two seeds win. That is not a three seed at large bid that barely gets in. And when you're talking about a team that wants to go to Omaha – you go down and you take out Louisville, and now you're in that conversation at the national level. You still have to go out and prove it. I mean, in the ACC, when I say you have to go out and prove it, you, you still got to play Florida State. You still got to play Georgia Tech, who is really good this year. Um, I actually think actually BC might miss Georgia Tech this year. That's the one team that they do miss. So you don't have to worry about that, but you do have to play North Carolina. You do have to play Clemson. You do have to play Virginia Tech. You do have to play NC State. And that road series at Florida State is going to be brutal because Florida State is always good. Like they're just, they, they've got oodles of talent. So, but you get through this series and you take two or three here and it is a whole other bag of, of conversation that, that is at D1Baseball.com, at Baseball America, at everywhere. And, and you saw it this weekend. You beat Auburn and lit the way that it happened, the drama of it, lit the internet on fire. It's going to be really hard for people to overlook Boston College as the season goes on, as long as you continue to handle business. And and what what stunned me about that is, and you bring up like how this team has lit the internet on fire, and it totally has. Now BC baseball has got the Boston College fan base alive, and it's 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 amazing to see because this is a program that that could be fun, and they're 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 heading in the right direction between the support of the facilities and administration, pushing them in the right direction and the talent that they're bringing up the coaching. That's the last question I want to talk to you about, Dan, Mike Gambino. I saw Bradley smart. You mentioned him earlier tweet about how Gambino said in the ninth inning that he, he looked at down his bench and saw that 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 team knew that it wasn't over and that they continue to have faith. What is it the message that Gambino continues to give this team? What has he done to really like he's shown that he can be a winning coach? What has he done so far that you're like, wow, he's gonna really bring this team to the next next to the next level? Like five years ago, uh, as you're saying this, I, I, I'm thinking of a conversation that he that he and I had after a game where he said to me, and and it was during the 2016 season, and I vaguely remember writing an article where I said where he said that someone had told him when he took the job, don't don't build a team that can win, 
don't build a team that can win, build a program that can win. And, and he took that to understand that it, it goes deeper than what happened in 2009, which was 2019 went to the national tournament, but that team was not set up for, for much beyond that. It was, we're going to aim for 2009 and, and we're going to, we're going to shoot our shot. Um, and, and within three, four years, the, the program was back down to 40 losses. What he has done is he has built into the fabric and said, we have to address everything. He's done it with the facilities where he's worked with BC to get everything done. That Frady Center is a game changer. I know I've talked about that. I know of uh, beyond the Frady Center, just the stadium, the, the, the ability to play under the lights at home, everything about that. It, it creates an atmosphere that you can host a regional, that you can host uh, all of this, that he ha has fostered the relationship with the Boston Red Sox, that he has moved a couple of games over to Fenway. I don't think you want to move all your games to Fenway. Like I know some people are like, Hey, we can go to Fenway with 10% capacity or whatever. That's not what you want to do. But at the same time, if you move a special game, an ALS game uh, in the future, the bean pot goes there. Like you have that relationship with the Red Sox that is that even though you're not playing them, it's still really special. He's built all of that. And he's built all of that into the support of the program that now these guys who are coming in, kind of feel that. And when you feel that energy, and, and I've always said this, plus you've recruited good guys. I mean, every, every interview I've had with them, they're just good guys. They love baseball. They love playing baseball together. And they feed off of each other in the lineup where you have one guy say, all right, we'll do a hit and run. I'll, and I'll just park it. Like, we'll just put it out. All right, fine. Then, you know, the, the celebrations that doesn't exist at some other teams and some other programs where it's just built on talent. You can, you can, in baseball, you can put a team of nine guys on the field in a nine guy lineup with the most talent and score eight runs and win. But if you're building a program, you're building the chemistry, you're building the culture that can take it where it's never happened before with the recruits that you're, you're now getting who are better, who, you know, your recruiting numbers in your rankings are up, but you're not just amassing talent and you're putting together a team that can go into these places as an ACC program, as a Northeast program, and, and win at an SEC cathedral. And you know what? When you look at this team, I, I said, hey, maybe they'll win two or three this weekend. And part of me was like, yeah, okay, they're going to Auburn. Like, they win one, we'll all be happy. No, they took two or three. And I don't think they thought anything less was possible. Dan, before you head out, thank you for all your, uh, your insight. And I think a lot of BC fans are listening to this podcast, trying to learn more about this team so they can really get excited. Where can they find more of your work? Where can they, where can they check out some of the things that you're writing about? Because um, I know you've had some great stuff going on. Yeah, bceagles.com. Um, as always, uh, you know, baseball, softball season is, is kind of my, I always say, this is my, this is my, t it's my time to shine. This is my time of year. Like, I love covering everything. I obviously love covering football. I love, but baseball's always been my, uh, always been what I brought up in, what I was brought up in. It's always been my, my, uh, my analyst, my analytic sport. So, it's, um, you know, as that, as that gets fired up, definitely want to stay tuned there. We've got some great stories that are coming up too over the, uh, over the, the March slate. I can honestly state that the one thing that I can honestly say that I've been gifted to do this year was faculty profiles and, and faculty spotlights. So where I've been talking to different members of the BC faculty who have had an impact on some of the athletes. So that's something that as I punch that out, as I punch those out, you definitely want to stay tuned because those are, those are some really cool stories. All right, Dan, thank you so much. You can check out BC Baseball. They're playing tonight at, or well, this afternoon at 3 p.m. That game will be on ACC Network Extra, and you can check it out on radio on WZBC, WZBC Sports. 
This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. You can check me out on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC, and my work is at BC Bulletin. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll give you a full recap of the main game and talk any news around Boston College sports. Thank you all for listening. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to our podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.